All right, welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Michael Rand of the Star Tribune. We'll eventually be joined by Ben Gessling, uh, who is hard at work for a Vikings team or, or covering a Vikings team that is going to be busy this month. They started Monday morning by releasing linebacker Eric Kendricks, the former All-Pro, and we'll talk about that. Their outlook at linebacker will discuss other moves to come, um, some of what we're hearing on Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith, uh, the whole lot. Because, um, Mike, this is going to be a very busy time for yeah. everybody across the NFL. The franchise tag deadline is Tuesday. The free agency window to officially negotiate with other teams is Monday for free agents. And then free agency officially opening a week from this Wednesday on March 15th. Um, but the Vikings, as we were discussing before this podcast, wasted no time in moving on from Eric Kendricks, which uh, to me signals that th- that could be the first of a few moves for them. I think so, too. And it was, you know, and I think we talk about all these things in kind of hypothetical terms. And then they, you know, they become official. And then it's like, whoa, OK, now it's actually real. These things are these things are happening. And and it's like. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the timing of the move with you know more than a week before they had to really do anything. They they do make this move on on Kendricks, and it just gave me the it gave me the same sense that you had that that there's they're not just going to work the edges. Maybe to not going to do a bunch of restructures. They're not going to do a whole bunch of kind of the things. Not going to use a lot of the same tricks they've used in the past to try to get themselves under the cap this year. That there, there could be a lot more of these kind of wholesale changes that we've hinted at. I don't know why the Kendricks move make kind of reinforce that even because it was to me fairly expected or unsurprising, but just the timing of it and the player and just, you know, how it happened. It does make me think that um, we, we could see a lot more of these, like you said, coming, coming quick. Yeah, Ben, we were just talking about how the timing of this move on Monday morning, um, a week and or, you know nine days, I guess, out from free agency officially opening, um, shows that you know they weren't going to mess around with with clearing the decks here a little bit, at least with this first move. Yeah, I think to the point of why this feels like a signal that it's different is this is the kind of move they haven't made in the past. I mean, this has been a player that the previous regime obviously loved and and stood by for a long time. And obviously he's been very successful on the field. So there's been good reason to do it, but they have done the signing bonus conversion with Eric Hendricks a couple of times where in, in part of that has been, we need this to help out our other moves. And this is a guy that we feel like there's no risk to doing it because he's going to be around and it's still a relatively affordable deal, but it's been in the name of let's kind of keep the whole band together and try to, um, you know, just do what we can with what we have rather than saying this needs a fairly hard reset. And I think we're going to see a lot more of these throughout the week and, and we can get into kind of what Andrew, you and I heard at the combine and, you know, some things to that extent. But I think part of the reason it feels significant is because, uh, you know, we are talking about a guy that, was kind of a central figure of the Zimmer Spielman regime, a, a guy whose words after Zimmer and Spielman were fired rang pretty loudly, probably in part because of how central he was to the whole thing. And, and the relationships there were um, not perhaps as they were portrayed to be when Zimmer and Spielman were in good standing, but 
you know, all of that stuff. When you have a guy that was a second round pick, a guy that was a, a major part of a defensive identity with a team that had a, a big defensive identity, uh, the fact that they are moving on from a guy like that, who's still, I, I think, you know, he's not 36 years old. Um, you know, he's probably lost a step here, but I think he's still useful. But um, obviously a guy that in a different scheme, they may not feel like fits the same way that, you know, all of these changes are coming. And I think this is a move that kind of tells you, yeah, there's, there's no more hiding from it. There's no more, well, maybe next year, or maybe this will be a, a kind of half measure sort of thing. I, I don't think we're going to get that. And I think this kind of tells us that. Yeah. Eric Hendricks was a leader on that defense, the leading tackler for seven of his eight years in Minnesota, including a franchise record, five straight years to open his career um, he's now Daniel Hunter is the only member left of that 2015 draft class that featured Trey Waynes, uh, Kendricks, Hunter, Stefan Diggs, obviously in Buffalo. Um, this was, oh, sorry. What? TJ Clemmings. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah. Um, this loaded draft class for the Minnesota Vikings. And, um, yeah, a huge move for them on both on the field and in the locker room and somebody in Kendricks who, even though he stayed on the field, he started 113 games for them. Um, toward the end of his career, injuries were really limiting him. Um, he couldn't finish 2020 with a calf issue. He played through a hip issue in the playoff game this year and just wasn't the same. Um, I guess, yeah, Mike, when you say no surprise, it's because we could see on the field, too, that at, at 31 years old uh, this past month, uh, his play was deteriorating a little bit. Yeah, and I think the playoff game, I'm sure they don't make decisions based on one game but we've talked about it like that that playoff game he was exposed in a few different areas and they just needed to get younger cheaper faster at a lot of spots and that was a pretty obvious one especially like you said like we said when we when you watched what happened against the giants and just like lateral movement side to side like they were just getting beat to edges a lot and a lot of that was a lot of that was kendrick's um you know you think about other spots that that might be the case where they need to get you know faster and cheaper there's a lot of candidates for that on both both offense and defense so it's just it's just interesting to me it's a it's a fascinating offseason it was always going to be fascinating and now that it's happening now that we've seen the first kind of you know domino that that's fallen so to speak it, it just it it does raise a lot of interesting questions about how far they're going to go and you know what what the kind of overall plan is with you know with the with this kind of notion of year two of a competitive rebuild yeah, Ben, obviously Eric Hendricks was one of many high-priced contracts that the Vikings are holding right now. Um, you've pointed out that they needed to clear, what, over $23 million Yeah, just just to yeah. get back above water. Um, so who else could you see um, getting addressed here uh, this week as, as they prepare for free agency next week? Well, uh, there are a couple of names that I would put at the top of the list. I would say Adam Thielen. Um, I, we'll see how that one goes. I from my intel this morning, they are still kind of talking through options there, whether you're going to restructure his deal or possibly release him. But Andrew, as you wrote about over the weekend, it's, this is not just a financial question with him. This is a question of the role in the offense. And, you know, we've both kind of heard those things throughout the offseason that he may want to be somewhere where he feels like he's going to be a little more of a focal point of the offense than he is going to be here with Justin Jefferson being the guy. And there's no doubt about that. So is he going to find that job at age 32 going on 33 at this point? I don't know, but he may feel like he wants to go out and get a fresh start and look for those things. So that one, 
Zedarius Smith, I think, is going to be an interesting one to watch. He has officially sold his house now. Not that that means he's going to be gone. Certainly, uh, a guy that makes the type of money that Zedarius Smith does is capable of acquiring real estate with you know few qualms. I would think if he decides he wants to do such a thing and if he's going to be here. But the sense I've gotten is that he thinks he's not going to be. So, and they would clear, I think, 12 something million if they make that move too. So if you cut Thielen or restructured it, if you cut Smith coupled with saving nine and a half million dollars on Kendricks, that gets a lot of it done. I would keep an eye on a restructure for Harrison Smith, probably more so than a release. And uh, Dalvin Cook would be the other the other question. He will have a two million dollar injury guarantee that hits um, on March seventeenth as a result of that shoulder surgery that he had. I, I don't think he would necessarily pass physical and um, has two million dollars guaranteed for injury. Now it would be fully guaranteed, I guess, on March seventeenth. But we'll see how it works out with him. They'd have to eat some money, but you'd also clear six million dollars with a running back that you give the ball to fifteen times a game. So. That would be the other one to keep an eye on, is at least as far as I see it at this point. And then, well, I suppose Jordan Hicks is the other name to keep in mind. When they cut Eric Kendricks, uh, it, it stands to reason they can do the same with Jordan Hicks if they feel like, you know, like we're talking about, getting faster, younger, cheaper at linebacker is a high value for them. Yeah, two 30-year-old linebackers in the middle of the 31st-ranked defense. Um, they, they certainly shared some of the blame there. Um, I, I had also heard over the week, in Indy that the Vikings intend on keeping CJ ham at fullback, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Um, it's, it's not the headline uh, of the off season for the Vikings, but it is interesting. When you look at a cap strap team, you would think, well, fullback is an easy line delete, uh, especially with how little O'Connell had used him on offense. But then throughout the year, we heard O'Connell, we heard Wes Phillips. We heard coaches talking about how we would love to use CJ more in games. If we could just get a lead and maintain yeah. one. in yeah. some of these games. <laughs> Uh, and then we heard O'Connell say this week in Indy that they do want to run the ball more, that they are seeking efficiency in the running game, that this isn't just lip service from a uh, past happy or past first head coach and former quarterback. Um, so them keeping CJ jibes with that. And then Mike was asking, we were talking about this before the podcast. He was asking, what does that mean for Dalvin? Would they keep Dalvin cook if they are looking to run the ball more potentially? Um, Dalvin's going to be 28 in August too. He's coming off four straight years of 250 carries. Um, that one is a very interesting situation for them. Yeah, it certainly is. Cause I, I would expect that that is, you're probably looking at a release or him playing on his deal as it currently exists. That would be my, my gut there. It's that you're probably not going to see a restructure being terribly likely in that case. Um, yeah, that that's a really interesting one because does he have something left? Yes, um, but when Aaron Jones restructures his deal, Aaron Jones was, was probably more productive than Dalvin Cook in 2022, and when he's restructuring to save the Packers some cap space, and you've seen a number of these types of moves with running backs in that class of 2017 that has been so productive and has been so well compensated in the NFL. Guys like Alvin Kamara come up, Joe Mixon. Uh, obviously Christian McCaffrey was traded. I, McCaffrey is probably a little different class, certainly in terms of the contract. And that's obviously settled because he was traded in the middle of the season, but it it's hard to see the market 
bearing $14 million for your age 28 season when you have that much wear on the tires. And I, it would be out of character, I guess I would say, out of precedent or, or out of type from how I think they're going to play this, unless I'm completely wrong, which is certainly a possibility. Um, it would not seem like a move that would follow the overall philosophy. They seem like they're going to use and the positional value they're going to put on things. I, I would be a little surprised if they kept him at that number. It would have to be because they felt so uniquely committed to him or placed such a high value on him that they thought it was worth it. But um, yeah, that, that one's going to be really interesting to watch overall. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? Dalvin's interesting. I just think we assumed all along that he, you know, thinking about how Kwesi might value running backs, thinking about how, you know, everybody's looking to get a lot of times looking to get younger and cheaper. And we know that running backs have a shorter shelf life than a lot of these other players. They're not like quarterbacks. They're going to be good still when they're into their thirties. A lot of times these guys hit a certain wall and then it's like, there's a pretty, pretty sharp drop off and you don't want to be left holding that contract when, when that happens. So I think in a perfect world, um, Dalvin, you'd be having this conversation about Dalvin in the year where Alexander Madison was not also a free agent. If if Alexander Madison was under contract for one more year, I think this would yes. be a much easier conversation because then you've yeah. got another year of Madison who's not Dalvin, but who's, you know, 80 or 85% of Dalvin and you can trust him and you know that you like him. Um, the fact that both those guys, not they're not free agents, but the, the fact that they're thinking about both those guys and that Madison's a free agent, that complicates things. To me, but that that's an interesting one, and, and part of how they approach Dalvin might be part of a bigger question that Andrew and I were talking about before we started recording. Like, to what length are they trying to free up not just you know the necessary cap space to get in compliance, but to actually have room to do other things? To what length are they trying to do this without having to do Cousins? And that's that's kind of the big question. Like, how how much are they trying to avoid? being boxed in or having having to do an extension to comply. So I it's interesting you bring that up because the timing of all of this is I've as best I've been able to ascertain is that they want to do all of their cap cutting type stuff or at least a lot of it before they would consider a cousins deal. And I think it and this is I've heard that. I've heard that's the timing of it. My hunch, this is kind of an educated guess more than anything I've been told directly, but my hunch is exactly what you just said, Mike, is that if you come to the table saying, boy, we really need to clear $10 million off your cap number for this year, we've seen that, how that goes. I mean, Cousins is probably going to say, and he has every right to be able to say, yeah, I'll help you out, but what's in it for me? I'm not just going to do it because I could and I'm, I'm not going to give back money on the quarterback market, which continues to go up. If it's just a matter of, well, you need me to help you out. So, um, yeah, so you see some quarterbacks that may do that and he, you know, maybe he'll feel differently about it as he gets to this point in his career. I would not expect to see him take less than a market value contract, especially when you're seeing quarterbacks push into the $40 million range. I don't think he's going to do that. So, I do think they want to give themselves other ways to solve this problem other than coming back to the table and saying, we need you to help us because that gives Cousins even more leverage. And he has 
from the minute he came to Minnesota, had a lot of leverage because he was the rare starting caliber quarterback that hit the free agent market. You just don't see that happen very often. And that immediately put him in a spot where he had bidders, he had people that wanted him, and he extracted a lot of leverage out of that with a fully guaranteed deal, has played the short-term deals, I think, extremely well, has made a lot of money off of it, and really has had officially or practically guaranteed contracts for five years. So um, he he has worked the market to great effect, and I think they know that, and I think they probably don't want to be in a position where it's automatic that that's going to happen again. Not saying that means he's not here, but I, I don't think they want to come to the table in such a um, a leveraged position like they've probably been in the past. And on that note, um, it was interesting to see Derek Carr agree to a deal with the New Orleans Saints this morning, reportedly before uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga to the Jets potentially uh comes to fruition if that does, or if he retires as Adam Thielen predicted on NFL network over the weekend. Um, Rogers will retire. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, Listening to that. I mean, those two are, are friendly. Um, They've gotten very friendly playing some of these golf things over the years. So um, he may have a little bit of Intel there that uh, more so than you'd think, given the fact that they're division rivals, but there's a relationship there. But with the Vikings putting this on the back burner with Kirk, there must be no contracts on the horizon for quarterbacks that are going to scare them much yeah. to, of, of, of raising that water level even higher than it already is. Yeah, unless you're worried about Lamar Jackson, I suppose, would be the one. Well, yeah, they're, they're so different, but you're right. Um, uh, it was, I guess, oh, I should mention, we should mention Daniel Jones. Yeah. Uh, if yeah. Daniel Jones, if he gets over 40, I don't know how Kirk could possibly not uh, demand that much or not be already demanding that much on a new deal. Kirk's going to be 35 in August. If you're the Vikings and, and and you are agreeing to what Kirk might want, which is a three plus year deal. Do you want to commit that much money to him at 37 years old in three years? That That's a huge commitment. It is. And I, the structure of it, I think if you're going to do that would have to look different than it has. I just, if you're going to do a long-term deal, I don't think you're going to be able to say we want every dime of this guaranteed like we have had in the past. I mean, the trade-off I think for them has been we willing to take shorter deals and willing to not have six years of security because we want the guarantees. And he has managed to basically, like I'm saying, make it a five-year deal that's fully guaranteed anyway. He just has had to come to the table a couple of different times, but you know, it doesn't, that's no skin off his nose. It's Mike McCartney, his agent's job to do that. And Kirk doesn't have to sit in the negotiations. That's what he pays McCartney for, and McCartney's done it very well. So, um, yeah, I I would think it would have to look different structurally if you're going to do something like that. I just um, he's been durable. He doesn't miss games for injury, but it only takes one hit to put yourself in a bad spot, and especially when you're going to be paying Justin Jefferson an awful lot of money before too long as well. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, you guys parsed this already in, in print and talking about it, but I thought Quasi was just kind of interesting on Kirk last week at the Combine. And, you know, it wasn't anything earth-shattering, but just kind of him processing and talking through his thoughts about Cousins and basically, you know, using a numbers and math kind of terms and saying he meets a certain threshold. And it was just kind of, it wasn't awkward. I kind of enjoyed it, but it, it also... 
even though it was kind of clouded in this kind of mathematical jargon, it was kind of his way of saying, this is how we feel about Kirk Cousins. He meets a certain, a certain threshold. We know he's good enough to have us be competitive, but is he is he this? Is he that? Could you get somebody else who has a different skill set that we can then build around? Things like that. So him just talking through all of that and kind of in, in getting engaged in that just kind of it's a it felt like a slightly different place that they are at with with him than than this is our guy or this is this is the guy that we're going to go forward with. Yeah, and Ben, and ben um, I think you had written or, or mentioned that Quasey said if we don't get a deal done with Kirk, essentially it is what it is, and that jibes with the whole not wanting to be reliant on him for this year's cap situation. Yeah, I mean, his words were, they want certainty, we want flexibility. So we'll see if we can work out a deal that makes everybody happy or, you know, kind of at least have conversations about a deal that makes everybody happy. So, yeah, I mean, that that tells you, and I, I 100% believe from what I heard of the Combine that Cousins is looking for a different length of a deal than we've seen in the past. Now, maybe if you say, hey, here's three years, that gets it done. I, I don't think he's going to play until he's 45. I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to approach being Tom Brady. I think he wants to play until he's, you know, probably a few more years. So his kids have a little more memory and recollection of him doing it, but I don't think he's going to be hanging on for every last ounce of time in the NFL that he could possibly get. So, you know, maybe that's enough to get it done, but yeah, I, I think they are, aware of the dangers of of making this sort of long-term commitment and and how that could work out the Derek Carr numbers at least early and these are the numbers that are probably being leaked by agents so you have to parse this a little bit we'll see what the actual structure looks like but the numbers being reported right now are four years 150 million dollars with up to 100 million of that guaranteed which the up to I'm I'm sure the there's a lot of rolling guarantees in this I would guess I, it may be one of those where it, once it comes out, you're going to say, okay, all, a lot of this is guaranteed for injury now, but it's not actually guaranteed going forward. That said, $37.5 million, uh, average annual value for the deal the car has with the Saints, at least according to the early reports. I would uh, I would bet um, a lot on that being a one-year $25 million deal. Yep, yeah. Or, or something like that. True. Yeah, effectively being that, where you have – ways out of it after this year but yes those are the early numbers and and we can get into why they are reported that way uh, <laughs> that's a conversation for another time but uh you you can also kind of figure that out all right well well let's talk about um let's shift talk about another guy we, we've mentioned adam Thielen, but um we've written in the star tribune that the vikings are still talking through his contract his role the unique part about his situation is that the problems are twofold and that each side does not have the same problem to work on. Um, the Vikings have a cap issue. That's why, obviously, his contract at nearly $20 million, it's the highest for a non-quarterback on the team for a 33-year-old wide receiver come August. And a guy who really was the third option on the passing offense in that pecking order, some games the fourth or fifth option, depending on K.J. Osborne or Dalvin Cook's involvement. Um, the Adams problem, I should say is not financial Adams problem from what I can glean is that he wants to be a larger part of the offense. He sees the writing on the wall that this is Justin Jefferson's team. Yep. This is obviously TJ Hawkinson's team now too. And I went back and looked at the numbers and before TJ Hawkinson last year in the seven games, Adam Thielen was getting five catches a game. 
after they got TJ, that number dropped to 3.6 catches per game, including that playoff game, uh, which he was really a non-factor in. So he is going through something that he's not used to, but it is kind of normal for aging players. Uh, this, this is how it works, especially when you get younger, more talented guys behind you, such as Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. But so the fact that they're not facing the same issue casts even more doubt on how this is going to get resolved if they can somehow mend these fences. This isn't like Harrison Smith, where presumably, Ben, we, you've heard he wants to stay here and that they're working yeah. on a restructure. Um, I'm sure Harrison would be pleased to play for Brian Flores. You One would assume. Yeah, um, I would think so. But with Adam Thielen, it doesn't sound like Adam's happy coming back, even if they kept him on his current deal. Yeah, I, I think you stated it very well. I mean, I think it, it it is a different problem that they are not. I mean, if that is the thing that he is after the most, you know, a place where I'm going to be a bigger part of the offense, that's not going to happen here. It's just not. I mean, you're going to get targets, and I think that's kind of the the appeal Kevin O'Connell was trying to make last week is say, hey, man, we throw the ball a lot. This is one of nine teams in NFL history to have four players with 60 catches which includes T.J. Hawkinson getting 60 catches after the Vikings traded for him. I mean, he ended up with 80-something, I think, for the year. But, you know, so I think his message there to Thielen was that even if you're not the main guy, there are going to be opportunities here because of the way that we use you and because of the way we structure our offense. If he wants to be the guy, though, it's not going to happen here. It's just not. I mean, you, you can't with a straight face tell him yeah we're going to we're going to make you a bigger piece of the offense if that means you want to be the number 1 because the number 1 is 23 and he's the reigning offensive player of the year it's just that's how it's going to go and there are going to be opportunities when offenses double Justin Jefferson to the degree that we saw late in the season last year so i think you can get things from that but if you are hoping to have plays designed for you and hey the goal this week is to get Adam the ball I just don't think it's going to be the same as it was and and that's no fault of anybody's it's just how this works well and Mike another factor to this too and, and I don't know how much of this is a factor but if he's turning 33 in August like he is how close does he think the Vikings are to winning is he gonna does he want to play a similar role but on a winning team yeah yeah I think that's a, I think that's certainly something to consider I think the biggest thing to consider the here and in the here and now though is i think adam might be a little delusional in terms of what his what he brings to the table at this point in his career he's had some great years here he still had 70 catches last season like i think he's he's definitely in a stage of his career where he's in a more complementary mode i think he just has to be that that that's not who the, that he's not that receiver anymore i think if you look at all of the separation stats all of the all the routes run like is he not as much of a factor because they're not throwing him targeting him or is he are they not targeting him because he's not open anymore? I, I think there's something to it where maybe he wants to go somewhere else and be a bigger part of an offense and maybe he can still contribute to an offense that's maybe structured a little differently. But if he's if his desire is to go somewhere and be the guy, I just don't think that's who Adam Thielen is anymore. No, um, he's not. He's a possession receiver in this offense, and, and that's really how he was, I think, used quite quite often by Kevin O'Connell in that system. And Ben brings up a good point of maybe it's not just about raw targets. You look at the raw targets, and I brought up on our last podcast, it was over 100. Like, what more do you want? 
Well, Ben brings up the point of the value of those targets, what kind of, where you are in the pecking order on a given play on the progression that Kirk goes through. And it, it wasn't often that we're seeing Adam Thielen rack up all these catches in the first, second quarter when they're establishing their game plan. Uh, he was often an afterthought, especially in the second half of the season, even though you look at the end and you see the 60 catches and you see the hundred um, targets. But at this point, yeah, you look at the age and say, man, what do you, what do you want? And, and maybe what he wants is a legit shot and not being part of a rebuild, which yeah. we just spent the first 20 minutes talking about the Vikings might be staring at when we talk about competitive rebuild, this might be more rebuild than competitive this time. Well, yeah, and that's a good point. And that's certainly worth considering in all this, because I, I don't think this is just about the numbers. Yeah. I mean, you, you're right. It, if you can go somewhere and say, I'm going to get 80 targets, but it's with a team that is playing deep into January and has a chance to win a ring. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's certainly going to be part of the equation too. And, and uh, you know, if, if he gets that chance, you know, we'll see, but we've seen teams bring guys in like that. I mean, the, think of the bucks doing some of those things. The chiefs certainly have found guys in affordable free agent deals and work them in to be, meaningful pieces to their offense. So, you know, if you ended a situation like that, um, you know, the bills, if he were to go there with, you know, reunite with Stefan Diggs there, I could see that being a good option. You know, there, there are places for him to go and be, I think part of a team that may be a little more legitimate contender in 2023 than the Vikings might be. I think he'd even want to go to Dallas potentially. Um, Dallas makes sense as a team that needs a complimentary piece to see CD lamb and Mike McCarthy uh, knows Adam well from their time in the division together. But um, those teams just make sense. If he were to move on from them, I just, the middle ground, as we talk about, it seems hard to find on Monday, March 6th. Um, but they do have time to figure that out this week. Um, ben, we should talk about speaking of the division uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's back. Yeah. He's, out of his, he's out of his darkness retreat. Uh, he's not signing with it or tra- being traded to the New Orleans Saints because that's where Derek Carr is going. Um, it, it seems like Jets are bust, right? Jets are retirement, it might seem. As you are fond of saying, time is a flat circle. <laughs> 2024, Merry Christmas, Mike Rand. Your, uh, your... I mean, we joke Grand about it. Fantasy has come true. We joke about it, but I mean, if he if if he has the same kind of um, competitive, I want to stick it to you genes that Favre did, yeah. and things don't go well in New York, it's not it's not out of the question, right? Maybe the Vikings are looking for a quarterback next year if they don't sign Kirk to an extension. I don't know, way ahead of ourselves, but it's it's interesting to think about at least. Yeah, it is. Um... Yeah, and then you go through a couple of wild years. I mean, how specific you get? Does this mean U.S. Bank Stadium's roof yeah. is in danger in 2025? Yeah. Uh, does this mean the Packers are winning the Super Bowl with Jordan Love that year? I don't know. But, um, does it, Aaron Rodgers own a pair of Crocs? Does Aaron, does oh, Aaron Rodgers own a pair of Crocs? We, you know, I will, we've already learned more about Aaron, more things about Aaron Rodgers that we probably don't want to know than Favre gave us. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't right. know. We've seen the foot. We've heard about like yeah. details of his darkness retreat that I don't yeah. think anybody asked for. Nobody asked for those. <laughs> um, you know, I who knows? Yeah, but but the the bringing it back to Andrew's point, like 
it is seeming to us from this. It is seeming more and more like a breakup with the Packers is more and more likely. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that was everything I heard at the combine was that it's just a matter of time. And they're basically ready to turn the page to Jordan Love. They're tired of the act. They're ready to see Love play. It seems like it's just a the how more than the what. Longtime Packers reporter Bob McGinn pulled no punches. He, he wrote something like they're sick of him. Yes. I, well, and and he so he and Tyler Dunn, uh, who both covered Rodgers for a fair number of years for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, did a podcast together. Yes. Uh, for Tyler's site. And the, Bob wrote that for that site. But the podcast was even more um, virulent on that front than uh, the article was. They they pulled very few punches in the podcast. Um, vehement, maybe, is the word I'm looking for. But, yeah, they were, they were pretty staunch on this is going to end. There's no two ways about it. And it's just a matter of how he leaves. This this might be uh, too galaxy brain to me, but I mean, last year we're talking about Aaron Rodgers deciding to come back and sign an extension with the Packers as reason why the Vikings uh, should potentially keep or get rid of Kirk Cousins. Now with Aaron Rodgers potentially gone, I mean, doesn't that kind of widen open the landscape even more, assuming that they don't get things on track with the former NFL MVP and that Green Bay is truly uh, not as much of a competitor with Jordan Love, one would assume. You mean in the division? Yeah, like if if you're the yeah. Vikings, is your window suddenly a little more open if you're if you're not worried about Aaron Rodgers figuring it out with this young wide receiver core and coming back with a stronger team, you know, XYZ? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the Bears are certainly sending every signal that they are planning a long-term rebuild here. Um the team that you would have to worry about, I think, is uh in Detroit. I yeah. mean, I think that would be the other the big threat. In the NFC North is the Motor City Kitties, believe it or not. Well, we, we should mention that I think it was Rod Wood or somebody from Detroit was quoted in the Detroit Free Press this week of saying, we think the division is wide open. Yeah. Which with a 13 and four Vikings team from last year says a heck of a lot. I think yeah. it's true. And they've got a they've got a ton of draft capital, right? Still from the Stafford yes. trade. They got they've yes. got the Vikings second round pick from the Hawkinson trade. I mean, they can add a lot to what was a pretty bad defense last year. If they can fix the defense, they've got a lot of playmakers. I don't know if we can expect Jared Goff to have that year again, but he sure looked comfortable in that offense. He really did. I got a lot of first round picks on the line in front of him. They have some weapons. So yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's not impossible that they are the front runners to the division come 2023. Wow. Doom and gloom. There's going to be a lot of kneecaps bitten off. Uh, whether you're right or wrong about that, Ben, if you're wrong, there'll be your kneecaps by Vikings. Yeah. Well, got to catch me first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I may, be... I may do that to my own kneecaps by the end of the summer. When yeah. Training for a marathon that may finish my kneecaps before anybody gets a chance at them. So, uh, you know, that, that may not be a an issue we need to worry about a whole lot. Um, well, on, on that note, this will be it for the this episode of the Access Vikings podcast. Thank you guys for checking this out. Please follow all of our work at StarTribune.com, and we will talk to you again as the news comes.